In June 2014, a married couple moved into their dream home at 657 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey. They immediately start redecorating, but a few days later, they receive a very strange letter in the mail. It only gets stranger from there. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of The Watcher. Somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Coach, glad to have you back. Feeling better, I hope. Oh, yeah. Definitely feeling better. That stomach bug almost killed me. Well, uh, we have no new patrons, but we have had some great patron feedback to our $10 tier exclusive and our uh, Patreon exclusive for all Patreons. So they love it, love it, love it. Did they leave any just votes or just any words or what? Most of the time they're at a, like most of them are, this is crazy. This is, keep up the good work. We love this. We got a couple of uh, recommendations from Cody Down Under. And then we've got some from Peace Cat. They've got some recommendations, so. And what are they? Well, Maybe we can, you know, you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle, my friend. Well, that means that I got to pull up the messages. See, you're just making me unprepared. Bro, you can't be more unprepared than I. Uh, Jennifer Clickenbeard said that we gave her an A-plus recommendation for Mystery at Blind Frog Ranch. She's a huge oh, Oak Island yeah. and Skinwalker I'm so glad. So, sorry to interrupt, but I'm so glad somebody followed that recommendation. That show is freaking crazy. She says, I'm a huge fan of both Oak Island and Skinwalker Ranch, so when I heard the recommendation, I had to check it out, and now I'm hooked. Uh, Richard in Arkansas is also hooked. He binge-watched the entire first season and probably is caught up on the second season. The season finale was like Friday. Yeah, I have not watched the last two. That's what I'm waiting on. Oh, my God. Let's stop the podcast right now. <laughs> you go watch them and we'll come back. Uh, Holly Roller is traveled to South Africa and... Just got back. I think she was gone basically the whole month of January. So we got some great. Uh, the Pazuzu case, she's recommended. That was Holly. And then I cannot find the other ones, of course. I'm sitting here thinking, did we do that? No, we ain't done that. <laughs> but because uh, I would have remembered that crazy name. All right. So, like Coach alluded to in the opening, this one. Well, hold on. I just want to say one more thing. If you're having trouble finding, we had somebody comment that they're not they're not seeing our episodes. Yeah. If you're looking on Spotify, and you're only getting to November, you're on the apparently we have two. You're on the wrong one. You've got to keep looking. Go to True Crime and then look us up, 
and you might be able to find us. If not, you're going to have to go to another. Well, according to Anchor, they were supposed to have fixed that. I have not looked at it. I saw the comment on Facebook. Because the same thing happened to me. You had to explain it to me. Right. You have to type in Mysterious Brews and then True Crime or True Crime Mysterious Brews, and it'll, it'll bring up the episodes that... Where is their Spotify? Okay. So let's see if it pulls it up. Just so our lovely, lovely listeners. I mean, because, of course, we don't know what the hell's going on because we're stupid. Now it's supposed to be fixed. So if you just type in, if you go to Mysterious, if you just type in Mysterious Brews in the search, it'll come up with the show, and then it will come up with the last episodes there. So it should be good to go. If you're not on our private group page, you're missing out on Comedy Gold. I posted a, th- a meme that said, "Why do podcasts have to be podcast hosts have to be two best friends? I want podcast hosts that are sworn enemies or two bitches that absolutely hate each other." <laughs> so we're kind of all three. <laughs> that is pretty good. For some reason, Spotify has us listed under history. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to. Email somebody again, but that's fine. All right, so at least it's there. So if you're on Spotify, it should be just one out there, Mysterious Brews. Um, you may have to delete your unsubscribe from us, then search, find us, and then resubscribe, and then I'll knock out that other one. Uh, I know that we're up to date on CastBox, on Good Pods, all that stuff, Stitcher. We're Apple, all, we are. Yeah, Apple, we are too. And then we fixed the problem. Apple does not like for us to use Spotify music at the beginning. So all the music now is downloaded from YouTube. But the good thing is it's fit. Well, pretty much fixed except for the history thing. So, all right. So let's get into it. Case is insane. In the membrane. the, The craziest part of it is that you had never heard of it. No, I hadn't. Which I could not believe because I, I can't believe it's took it's taken us this long to do it, and I was so surprised you never heard of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was flabbergasted, as they say. So in Westfield, New Jersey, it is a very, very quaint, very um, the way it was described on one article was very <laughs> melanin deficient. If you, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yep. Uh, it's a very wealthy town and it's located just 25 miles west of New York city. It was founded in the 18th century and the town is home to about 30,000 residents. It's picturesque downtown. Looks like something off of a movie set. The website neighborhood scout listed Westfield as one of the top 30 safest communities in America in 2014. And as of, 2019, it had a median household income of $160,000. Yeah, that's not the median of my hometown. I promise you that. I think the median of my hometown is (laughs) $24,000. Yeah, mine's way below that. Way, way below that. But the affluent suburb has been the scene of a gruesome crime previously. Really? Yes. In 1970, a man named John List infamously murdered his wife, mother, and three grandchildren in their Westfield home. I was shocked at that one, too. I didn't know John List was from there. 
He's t- is that the one that's still on the FBI's most wanted list? I don't think he is. I think he's the one of the first ones that um, Unsolved Mysteries found. I think you know he had left in the seventies, and I want to say, I want to say within the first season or second season, they caught him. He had been living out west. I think maybe I'm getting my cases confused, but I think they caught him in like Arizona or Nevada. Yeah, he's been he's been caught. But anyway, most people in Westfield feel secure in their community and tried to put the list killings behind them. On June 2nd, 2014, Derek brought us and his wife Maria and their three children had just purchased their new house at 657 Boulevard in Westfield where Maria had grown up. Derek had grown up in a main working class family and he had worked his way up to a position of senior vice president at a Manhattan insurance company. They had purchased the large 1903 Dutch colonial house on a beautiful tree line street for $1.3 million. That ain't cheap. No, even back then that was expensive. That'd take me me probably 15 years to earn. (laughs) If not longer. If I worked until the day I died, I might see it. The home was a 4,000-square-foot, six-bedroom, four-bath house, and Derek and Maria had decided before they officially moved in that they would complete a couple of DIY projects. And that's nothing extremely major. I think it was, you know, maybe tearing out a wall, paint, you know, just basic stuff. Just some small improvements. Yeah. So on June 5th of 2014... I was talking about the... Top 10 list. Yeah. It was William Bradford Bishop who just came home one day in Maryland and murdered his wife, mother, and three sons. He's been a fugitive since 1976. Oh. You think he's still alive? I'm I'm pretty sure he's not still alive, but they didn't capture him. Yeah. But, I mean, you can see the similarity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think uh, the list had, I think, three children too, but I may just be two. But anyway, on June 5th, 2014, after finishing some painting in the home, Derek decided to check the mailbox and found amongst the normal bills, a white card sized envelope addressed in thick handwriting to quote the new owner from someone calling themselves the watcher. It had no return address. Now, depending on articles you read and web pages that discuss this, it's mixed kind of 50-50. Some of them say that it was written in like a cursive style handwriting or it was uh, block printed to the new owner. So either way. They've only, they've only gave out what it says. They've never published a picture of the of the letter. And they've not released the full letter either, have they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The full letters are out there? Because I couldn't find the full letters. All I found was excerpts. No, the full letters are out there. Okay, well, obviously my Google. It's all right. I mean, my Google skills are lacking here lately. All right, so keep in mind now that the letter arrived only three days after Maria and Derek had purchased the house, officially purchased the house, and the letter stated, "Quote, dearest new neighbor at six five seven Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood." I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. 
How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and it is as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. So, uh, let's just stop right there for a second, and let's just say, um, I was the new owner. Not happy, because that's a little freaky. Now, most people would probably just throw it away. No. I'd be done. Like, well, looks like we're defaulting on this loan. Yeah. What is it, Eddie Murphy, when he was... Was it raw where he talked about white people buying a house, haunted houses? He said if a black people had walked into the movie, they'd be like, get out. All right, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me. All right, so the watcher goes on to detail how their surveillance had been set in motion by identifying the broadest Honda minivan and how they did not like many contractors and how they had seen the children running around playing. The watcher goes on to say that they saw three children and wondered if a fourth was in the plans. And the letter states, again, I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. More on the way. I see already that you have flooded 657 with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The letter goes on to end with, Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Nope. That's, yeah, that's the full letter. Well, okay. Um, no, I'm still, that's a big, that's a, that's a hard no for me. I don't know how I would react to that. And we'll get into later in the story about how some people have reacted to other things. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean. If it's just me, like, you know, I don't have any children. I'm talking about me right now. No children. I'm gone. I'm too. I'm a coward when it comes to just me. I'd be out. We'll put pictures of the actual house on there. And there are a lot of windows that face the street. And so. It's a nice house. It's a very nice house. It's a six-bedroom house. With four bathrooms. I would poop in each one a day just to make sure I used it. (laughs) 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 Uh, This would be the first of many letters Derek and Maria would receive. It was just after 10 p.m. when Derek opened the letter. Freaked out, he runs inside and cuts off all the lights so no one could see inside and immediately calls the Westfield Police Department. An officer arrives and Derek lets him read the letter. 
The officer looks at Derek after reading the letter and says, what the fuck is this? Which... <laughs> it, you know it's a, you know it's messed up. Yeah. When a cop gets, like, drops his, I'm an officer of the law. Right. You, like, we'll figure this out, sir. When he drops that and just turns into a whole yeah. yeah, I know it. Especially... Do you need a ride? Dude, I'll help you pack. (laughs) Right now. now. We'll be gone. So he then proceeds to ask Derek if he had any enemies to which Derek replied, no, not that he knew of. The officer performs a walk through and around the property, and he recommended that Derek move a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher decided to throw it through a window. And not to say anything to the Nobers. Don't say nothing to them neighbors. Neighbors who are now all suspects. Because I bet the cops like, which one of these sneaky some bitches did this? Like, man, when a, I'm dead serious. When a cop is like, bruh, bruh, get out. Yeah, yeah. Because when I read that, when I was researching this, and it's referenced that he says that in a couple of different articles. When I read that, I was like, that guy, I would like to have a beer with that officer. Yeah, and we talk about this. Be like, man, what do you really think, <laughs> dude? I said it, dude. I said, I said it. What I <laughs> it's official, man. I didn't lie. <laughs> like, was that your? Did you say that in your cop voice, or did you say it in your real voice? <laughs> <laughs> no cop voice, bro. <laughs> yeah, just imagine you're ten o'clock at night, or you know, almost eleven. He gets the, Derek gets the letter and then he calls the cops. The cops is out there like, yeah, this is going to be an easy one. And he reads the letter. What the fuck? Oh, he, gets, uh, he gets a dumb letter. Let's listen to what this thing says. Yeah. And he, he shits himself. Right. Here's my sidearm. If you use it, you might have to fill out some paperwork. But. You know he went around that house gun drawn. Oh, at least hand, unsnapped hand on it. So Derek heads back to their old house where the kids and Maria were still living until the renovations on 657 could be completed. He explains to Maria what has transpired, and they decide to email the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods. Andrea would reply the next morning and stated that a few days before moving out, they had also received a letter from, quote, the watcher. The note had been odd, she said, and had made similar mention of the Watcher's family observing the house over time, but Andrea said her and her husband had never received anything like it in their 23 years in the house and had thrown the letter away without giving it another thought. Yes, with the transcript, the exact transcript of that letter is lost to time. It'd be be really nice to know exactly what it said. It's gone. I would I would love to have seen what that one said. And but in their defense, they just sold their house. Who gives a shit who wrote some crazy letter? I'm leaving. He's watching the house. Well, watch us leave, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So that day the Woodses went with Maria to the police station where Detective Leonard Lugo reiterated what the officer That's had definitely a good detective name. He reiterates what the officer had told Derek. What the fuck? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Basically, he tells them not to tell anybody about the letters. He called him personally and said, this Derek? Yeah. Yes, sir. This is Detective, what did you say his name was? Leonardo, Leonardo Lugo? Yeah. 
okay, this is Detective Leonard Lugo, and I wanted to contact you about this letter. He's like, yes, sir. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why, why do you, why are you still there? Get out! Like, why are you waiting never, on? I should have never been able to reach you. <laughs> you should be in the witness protection program, eating ketchup on noodles in Nebraska. <laughs> like a schnook. <laughs> so basically, he just goes on to tell the Woodses and Maria not to bring the uh, letter up if they talk to their neighbors because they're going to try to figure out what's going on, and basically all the neighbors are now suspects. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You possibly want to ask the watcher. Hey, man, do you know who the watcher is? <laughs> nope. Nope. No. Don't know who that is. I have never heard of such a man. <laughs> oh, man. So to say that the Broadduses were freaked was an understatement. And here, let's go back. And I know it's not Andrea's, but I can guarantee you this. It's after midnight, probably, when Maria emails John and Andrea. Andrea doesn't get it until she checks her email the next morning. I can guarantee you I would not have slept a wink, and I would be in front of that computer waiting, like refreshing it every five minutes. Come on. Come on. Answer my email. Answer me. If I was Andrea, I'd be like, oh, no, they had a letter already? (laughs) Oh, shit. This could have affected the escrow, man. Like... (laughs) Closed already? (laughs) So Maria would yell for the children anytime she could not see them playing in the yard. And when a couple from the block stopped by to get a tour, Derek nearly shat his trousers when the wife stated, quote, it will be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, end quote. That's them. No, I mean, that would be, that's the perfect, I mean, once they, once they get, all right, spoiler alert. They get some DNA, and they tell you it's female DNA off the letter. And a female says that on a visit, that's her. I'm sorry. That's her. I'd be stealing her cup at the neighborhood party and getting it tested. Uh, brother, if somebody came for a tour, and I'm already on high alert, and they use the, those words from that letter, she getting tackled. Punched in the mouth, like that video. Leonardo LaRobo ASAP. Yes. Like, I got her, man. I ain't getting off of her till you get here. (laughs) Her husband's a little pissed, but I'm not letting her up. Husband's punching me in the ribs right now. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Oh, man. The general contractor noted that after arriving one morning, he noticed a heavy sign that he had personally hammered in the ground the previous evening had been ripped out of the ground a few days after the first letter. Done. I mean, first of all, it already be done. But that, that's no, number two. No, that's number three. After the lady says young blood. Oh, well, well, yeah, but we can't exactly connect that. Well, true, but that's still. I do. I do. Yeah, me too. So a few days after the first letter, Maria and Derek went to a barbecue across the street, welcoming them and another new homeowner. A bar across the street? Barbecue. Oh. I was about to say, is that house still for sale? <laughs> I'm going to finance that son of a gun for 60 years. They ain't ever getting it. Let him watch me stumble home. <laughs> So at the barbecue that welcomed them and a new 
homeowner to the block. The Broadduses hadn't told anyone about the watcher letters as the police had instructed and found themselves scanning the party for clues while keeping tabs on their kids who ran naively through the crowd that made up much of the suspect pool. You know yeah, their like, head's on a swivel. Yeah, they're, so they're looking through their neighbors and they're like, could it be Carol in the sundress? Mike wearing the blue jeans? Mr. Plum in the observatory? Or that, or that creepy dude in the black cloak stroking his mustache. <laughs> no, it's that guy over there with them damn penny loafers on and no socks. <laughs> that ain't suspicious. I don't know what it is. You can't trust them people. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. You cannot. So the second letter arrives two weeks after the initial letter, and it was Maria who found this one. She had stopped by the house to look over some paint samples and grab the mail. She immediately froze when she saw another card-sized envelope with the same black writing. Terrified, she called the police immediately. The second letter was addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Bradus, which he had misspelled because it's Broadus. But close enough. Amen. <laughs> and the watcher listed Derek and Maria's children by birth order and their nickname or their names that they go by. Yeah, not just their given names that he could have possibly possibly researched found through some he could have googled that back then in yeah, 2014 that's what I'm saying. he could have done something to research that but to know their nicknames and to know their birth order that that means he's not he's not playing no he's not he's watching he paid that 995 to get that deep dive yeah. All right, so the second letter begins with, quote, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what it is in the walls yet? In time, they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. The letter asked about one child in particular whom the writer had seen using an easel inside an enclosed porch, and it goes on to say, quote, is she the artist of the family? 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallway of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. 
Hell no. To the no, no, no. no. To the no, no. Bro. I mean, seriously. You know me well enough to know what I would do. Uh, wouldn't have got the second letter. It's true. <laughs> but if I had, I'd have shoulder blocked the front door down as I was leaving. Like, I wouldn't even bother to open it. Y'all can have what's inside. I ain't coming back. I would freight train through that thing. Like the old uh, cartoon, just an outline of your, you right through the wood. Yeah. I mean, that is some serious, serious shit right there. <laughs> that lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt this guy's not playing man no he's at least whoever's doing it is seriously I mean close enough to hear the names and be able to describe what they're bringing in and out of the house and I don't know man it's crazy so let's say he's not getting his information from any other source but that house. He's either got it bugged or he's truly getting that close. Well, he says in that second letter that, what was it, the doors and something allow me to watch you. Windows. The windows and the doors allow me to watch you. So, yeah, that would leave you... to. That would lead you to believe that he does have it bugged in some way, Cam like hidden cameras or something. No, 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 no. So, so Derek and Maria thought the watcher may be a disgruntled prospective buyer that the Broadduses had outbid when buying the house. The Woodses shot this theory down when they said one interested buyer had backed out after a bad medical diagnosis while another had already found a different home. In an email to the Broadduses, Andrea proposed another theory. Quote, would the mention of the contractor trucks and your children suggest that it was someone in the neighborhood? End quote. Well, yeah. But according to Derek and Maria, they had not thought of anyone actually living in a house across the street keeping tabs on them. But the letters do indicate that whoever this is is close. If I was still there at this point, you know what the watcher would be watching? Me sitting my fat ass on the porch with a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> yeah, true. 24-7, brother. I'd sit, my, I'd sit my fat ass next to the mailbox. Like, come watch this, pal. Fargo, that first season where the guy sits on the front porch in the cold with his shotgun. You know, I've watched every season of Fargo. I can't remember any, hardly any of it. I need to read <laughs> I need to rewatch it. So they figure out that the letters had been processed in Kearney and the U.S. Postal Service Distrib Distribution Center in northern New Jersey. The first letter was postmarked June 4th before the sale was even made public. The Woodses had never put up a for sale sign in the yard and only a day after the contractors arrived. The renovations were mostly interior, and people who lived nearby said they didn't notice any unusual commotion, even from the jackhammering that was going on in the basement. So, they were mailed? That's what it's. That's what this says. It says they were postmarked. Hmm. I, I thought it, at the very least, the first one was just put in the mailbox. Well, that's the way I thought, too, but it that's says I, they were postmarked. The first one was postmarked on June 4th. 
because I do know that Derek, at one point, while his wife and kids are staying at their house, at one point he's staying there with all the lights off, all the thing, all the blinds drawn, and he's like crouched down staring at the mailbox. Yeah, I had read that too. So why would he do that if they're postmarked? I don't know. Now, when Derek and Maria walked Detective Lugo around the house, they showed him that the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house or right next door. After getting the second letter, Derek and Maria began to feel frightened and nervous around all their new neighbors, who they saw... Who they saw as potential suspects. I'm they like, get the, I'm a, they're like, howdy neighbor, I'm like, fuck you. Yes, right. <laughs> Boy, those new people that moved in at six five seven, they're assholes. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> so Derek and Maria put the renovations on hold and stopped taking their kids to the house. This would prompt a third letter that stated, quote, Where have you gone? Six five seven Boulevard is missing you, end quote. Now, at some point, Derek had been talking with a neighbor, John Schmidt, two doors down, and the house in between the Schmidts and the Bradises got brought up. John tells Derek that it was owned by Peggy Langford, who was in her 90s. She lived there with some of her children, which were in their 60s. John would go on to tell Derek that while the Langfords were odd, they were also harmless. Derek thinks he has just cracked the case because the Langford house was right next to where the easel was on Derek's porch. And the timeline lines up as well. The family had lived there since the 1960s when the watcher's father, the letter said, had begun observing 657 Boulevard. Yeah, but the first letter said his grandfather watched it too. Right. Richard Langford, the family's patriarch, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have been on the job for the better part of two decades. So it kind of lines up except for the grandfather reference. Well, it turns out this guy's so damn crazy that the cops, when Derek goes to the cops with his name, they're like, oh, yeah, we already talked to him. He was the first person we talked to. (laughs) We knew his crazy ass. Yeah, and so when Derek told Detective Lugo about the family next door, that's when Detective Lugo says he already knew, and a week after the first letter, they had brought in Michael Langford, who had been diagnosed with schizophrenia, to police headquarters for an interview. Now, Michael would deny knowing anything about the letters, but the broadestists say that Detective Lugo told them that, quote, the narrative of what Michael said matched things mentioned in the letters. Unfortunately... There wasn't much hard evidence, and after a few weeks, the police chief told the Broadduses that, quote, short of an admission, there wasn't much the department could do. Really? I thought they cleared him. Well, Detective Lugo did send one of the envelopes off for testing, and it came back that the DNA found on the envelopes indicated that a woman had sealed it with her saliva, and the sample did not match anyone in the Langford home. So I think that's how they cleared him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because they once they found it was female, they they started suspecting his sister, and she's an odd bird too. And they obtained her DNA. They found like a bottle of hers. They observed her. They watched her throw a bottle away. They obtained her DNA, and they cleared her. Well, Derek's not having any of it. "Quote: This is someone who threatened my kids, and the police are saying probably nothing's going to happen." Derek said. Probably isn't good enough for me. 
After the second letter, Derek told the cops that if they didn't take care of the situation, they would have a different kind of case on their hands. This person attacked my family, and where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat. I understand where he's coming from, but this was not a good move on Derek's part. You don't necessarily tell the cops. No, no, no. I don't blame him, but I wouldn't have told the cops that I was going to beat the shit out of somebody. Oh, I thought he was talking about killing him. Well, yeah, that too. So anyway, frustrated, Derek begins his own investigation. He set up webcams at 657 Boulevard and spent nights crouched in the dark, like Coach had said, watching to see if anyone was watching the house at close range. Quote, Maria thought I was crazy, end quote. He went as far as to have a map displaying when each of 657 neighbors had moved in. The Langfords were the only ones there since the 60s. Derek had overlays marking possible sight lines for the easel and a circle for, quote, approximate range of earshot to estimate who might have heard Maria yelling their kids' names. Only a few homes fit both criteria. Now, the Broadduses also turned to several experts. Out of their own pocket, they're going to hire two former FBI agents as private eyes to start their own investigation. And they... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and they staked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langfords and anyone around, but didn't find anything out of the ordinary. And they're also going to hire a freaking uh, handwriting expert. Yes. See, see if they can find any pattern. Uh, Bill Woodward, the Broadus' house painter, had also noticed something strange. The couple behind 657 Boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broadus' property. Quote, one day I was looking out the window and I saw the older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. He was facing 657, end quote. And like you said, Derek reached out to a former FBI agent who served as the inspiration for Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. They were on high school, or I'm sorry, they were on a high school board of trustees together. And they also hired Robert Linehan, another former FBI agent, to conduct a threat assessment. Linehan recognized several old-fashioned ticks in the letter that pointed to an older writer. The envelope was addressed to M-slash-M Bradus. The salutations included the day's weather, warm and humid, sunny and cool for a summer day, and the sentences had double spaces between them. The letter had a certain literary style which suggested a, quote, voracious reader and a surprising lack of profanity given the level of anger, which Linehan thought meant a, quote, less macho writer. Maybe, he wondered, the Watcher had seen the movie The Watcher starring Keanu Reeves as a serial killer who stalks the detective trying to catch him. Linehan didn't think the Watcher was likely to act on the threats, but the letters had enough typos and errors to imply a certain erraticism. The first letter was dated Tuesday, June 4th, but the day was a Wednesday. There was also a, quote, seething anger directed at the wealthy in particular. The Watcher was upset by the new money moving into town and by the Broadus' relatively modest reservations. Quote, are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. 
The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died, and now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Oh. Yeah. So Derek and Maria basically never move in and had to move in with Maria's parents because their old house had previously sold during all of this. Derek and Maria just did not want to risk their family's safety as well as feel as if they were trapped in what should have been their forever home. What cemented the decision not to move in was another letter that stated, quote, 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Hell no to the no, no, no. In the spring of 2016, the Broadus family found another family willing to rent the home from them. There was At a, a loss, by the way. Yes. They're still paying their mortgage every month, there, even though they're not living there. They've never moved in, but they're still paying that mortgage every month. On a $1.3 million home. Yeah. And they're paying for the privatized, and they're paying the, the writing expert. So they're going to have to find somebody to rent the place. Now, there was an exception, though, with the renters. They were allowed to move out if another letter arrived. Yeah, luckily Derek and Marie were up front about them and told them the situation. Two weeks. Hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is a pretty house, but... uh... Yeah, we're going to give you a good rent. You might be wondering, why is rent so cheap on this place? Well, we're going to tell you. Well, just two weeks... Later, the house received a letter addressed to, quote, the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. This letter goes on to say, quote, 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break, you are despised by the house and the watcher won. Now, the letters Despite did not... That letter? The, yeah, the... the decide to stay. They're yeah. Like, Man, this is too good, buddy. All right, you, they ain't pissed at us. Right. They agreed. Because he's like, hey, man, you're going to have to put a few more cameras in. That's right. They're going to have to put in. I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep paying you, but you're going to have to put in some more cameras. I mean, you got six up now. We're going to need a minimum of 18. <laughs> Just a few more. Just a few more. So in 2016, the Broadduses made a brief effort to have the house torn down and redevelop their lot. Their plans were not approved by the Homeowners Association, but another letter from the watcher arrived threatening to exact revenge on them if they harmed the house. And that's where the maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as seri- you know, simple as a mild illness. So then it says 
You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. So that's all the letters that I could find. And so we kind of get into the suspects. So the third letter arrived when the renters were there. I believe so. That's when the renters so. decide to stay. When the fourth letter comes, the, the brothers decide to sell. Right. Because the renters are like, peace out, bro. So there was a suspect that uh, just, I think the police just named him or the private investigators just named him the gamer. They said that uh, while the police were surveilling the house one night, a car stopped in front of the house at around 11 p.m. The car belonged to a young woman who lived in a nearby town. Her boyfriend lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. The woman told the police that her boyfriend was into, quote, some really dark video games, end quote. One oh, of those... Blame the, blame the damn video game. I know. Next, we're going to be batting... Killed people Call of Duty style. We're going to bite heads off bats next. Eating mushrooms and crushing my head with brick. <laughs> <laughs> One of those games may have involved a character he often played as that was called the Watcher, according to the girlfriend. Now, the boyfriend agrees to be questioned by the police, dumbass, but he never showed up for the interview. The police couldn't force him to come in because they didn't have enough evidence. He was never examined any further. Well, he's not so dumb. That's right. He decided to he's skip like, out. Yeah, man, I'll be there, man. Just y'all go, y'all go wait for me. I'll bring the donuts. Y'all get y'all put the coffee on. I'll get glazed and cream filled. <laughs> okay, so the broadest family themselves were suspects. Now, many people think that the Watcher was a character that the Broadus family invented themselves. Locals found it suspicious that the Broadduses could move from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house to a $1.3 million house in a span of a few years with refinanced mortgages. They theorized that the Broadduses were experiencing buyer's remorse and had created a ploy to get out of a tight financial spot. The family also continued to renovate the house even after they knew they didn't want to move in, which struck some people as suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Now, at the beginning, there was a lot of movie studios attempted to get the rights to the story of The Watcher. A large media deal would have been quite the payday. Some think the Broadduses knew if they made a story that was convincing enough, they could make a hefty profit. On Christmas Eve of 2017, three years after the nightmare started for the Broadus family, several fam families in the neighborhood received hand-delivered envelopes. The messages went to people who were particularly critical of the Broadus family. One of the recipients had written on Facebook, quote, I wish we could go back to the days of tar and feathers. I have just the couple in mind, end quote. That's a, that's a threat. That's not very neighborly. That's a punishable threat. You could press charges on that. The letters were signed, quote, friends of the Broadus family. Later, Derek admits to writing and sending the notes. Not good, Derek. Not good at all. Now, I understand he was probably pissed at reading those things on Facebook, but at the same time, you just can't go out doing that. Well, I'm thinking he's thinking, if I send a letter to all of them, I'll get out of that son of a bitch will know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't think about that. He's like, we think it's, I think it's one of these 12 people, so I'm going to send all 12 of them a letter. 
Now, Derek would claim it was only because he was frustrated that the neighborhood had denied their request after knowing how hard it has been for them the past couple of years. He also claims that he did not write the original watcher letters, but people were still suspicious. Now, there are people who argue against this, though. The psychological trauma the broadest parents experienced was real and a strong contender against the theory that they did it. Now, that's where I kind of fall. It would be one thing if they were faking it and moved in, but they never moved in. They kept paying that mortgage. Right. They kept, and then they had to move into her family's home, which the way I saw it, I think they were a couple of streets away from 657 Boulevard. But no, they, uh, the same town, but right, it's right. good ways away. Couple. It is also controversial because at the same time the Broadduses received their first letter, another family down the block had received a letter from the Watcher as well. The family had been living in their home for years with no issues, so they threw the letter away. That's kind of like the... What it the, it, nobody See, that's the thing. It's kind of like the Woods' letter. Nobody knows what it says. But, I mean, those people didn't remember anything? I like, don't... They did not... From what I read, it did not... They did not go into any detail about what was in that letter. I mean, it'd be, it'd be different... If the, that letter was saying, I've been watching your house for, you know, if it was very similar to the first letter that the Broadduses got, or what if that letter was about uh, 657? Well, see, and people say that that the Broadduses are not the family, or they're not behind the letters, go on to, to say that they wouldn't have any reason to send another house a letter if they were trying to get a movie deal out of their house because then it's not an isolated incident it's a crazy person sending letters to everybody that's true they never made a movie about circleville true the house did sell in 2019 at just over seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars, which is a five hundred and sixty thousand dollar loss okay so let's let's say Derek did he paid his mortgage every month without moving in and took a half a million dollar loss he, well, not only that, he paid two two private investigators that were former FBI agents, and I don't know how much that costs, but I know it ain't going to be cheap. I would say roughly, probably seven hundred to a thousand dollars a month each, and then take a five hundred sixty thousand dollar loss. Yeah, his plan really worked out. That's a great plan, Derek. It was never disclosed how much the the rent they charged was, but from what I've heard, it was substantial, substantially less than their mortgage. So he's getting, let's just say he's getting two thousand dollars a month from them. He's still having to pay, say twenty three hundred if that interest rate's right. And then, like you said, there's no telling what he paid those detectives, the FBI agent. Now I know the lady that was based off Clarice. She was on that board of directors for the kids' school, so she may have done it for a favor to him, but still. And then once they sell it, they're still on the hook for the rest of that money. Right. They still... They still owe for, um, for $560,000. And they held it for, what was the... They bought it in 2014, and they held it for five years? Yeah. Yeah, they're upside down big time. So, at this point, planning to get a blockbuster movie deal really freaking backfired on him. Correct. 
Later in 2019, they did sell their story to Netflix, and I believe it's on Netflix, is it not? not now? Yet. Not yet. Has it not been released? Okay. Production. So may, I, don't, I don't know what they got from that. Surely it's enough to get them out of the red. Yeah. That would be my only stipulation. You know, I would make them offer me something, and then I would probably counter offer higher, but I would make sure that I had enough money to buy a house and get out of debt. Whatever they offered me, I would say, okay, but you also have to pay all my debt. I wouldn't try to negotiate for mega bucks, but they are they are living in a new house. Yeah, and according to everything I read, the letters, I've not read anything else if the new owners have gotten letters, so I don't know. Yeah, the new owners have not reported receiving any letters. And I certainly would have. Unless the letter said, if anyone finds it, if I see this on the news, I swear to God, I'll burn that house down with you in it. <laughs> I believe the song gun. I would too. All right. What's the, what's the theories here? My theory is... Is there any... No, there's not any. I've not seen any theories. I haven't either, other than they're just taking it at face value. Crazy neighbor. Right, disgruntled. Or he did it himself. Those are the two main theories. I don't know. I don't see him doing it. Like you said, that's a long play. That's five years upside down in the house you're not living in, and you've already sunk in the construction costs. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think I don't buy into them being behind it. I just don't. And that's a crapshoot. If it doesn't, if you don't get the right press, nobody's gonna come knocking. Yeah. I mean, and there was no indication that he moved in. That they were like after it kind of died down, they moved back in. They never moved in. So I don't. I don't believe he did it. I really don't. Yeah. That, the media. The media attention died down relatively quick, and so. There was a movie made. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but they didn't buy the they didn't buy the rights. They just went off what was public knowledge. Yeah, and the the Brideses sued, and they lost. They also sued the Woodses, saying that they basically sold them a lemon, and they lost that one too. Yep, and I don't blame them for suing the other owners because the other owners. Got a letter. That's strange. That's like, that's, you should disclose that. Especially if there was mention of, I can't wait till the new owner, or yeah, the new owners move in. We're going to have so much fun, something crazy like that. And then, but then on the other hand, you know, Andrea does go to the police station with. She does after the fact. So, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of guilt on her part. I mean, they should have been like, guess what, guys? You got it. Are you already got a friend? <laughs> He's just a harmless friend. He used to ride us too. He's a little crazy. He can't wait to meet y'all. <laughs> he loves kids. <laughs> he said so in his cryptic letter. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> you soundboard or something? Yes, sir. I did. You got a bunch of sound bites already get ready? I've got some in there for you. I'm trying to get us loaded up. Give me a random example. Okay, hold on. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, 
No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> All right. Well, we know the two main theories. What's your theory? My theory is somebody was watching the damn house. So, would he have ever gone over? I'm kind of like that FBI agent. It's it's a crapshoot, and you're gonna have to. I would always err on the side of caution. You don't know if he's going to go through with any of those threats. And I would not have been able, just young kids, it seemed like their kids were under the age of 10. So if you've got three kids under the age of 10 or around under the age of eight, there's no way. I don't think he did it. I don't, I know that it's a female DNA with the neighbor, the crazy neighbors. But did they? I wonder if they ever investigated that older couple behind them that sat in the lawn chairs because I couldn't find that. And then I'm sure they did their due diligence, but there's just a lot of unanswered questions out there about what the investigation is. And I guess they kind of think that it's still an open investigation or if they had closed it officially, it'd be nice to get the case file and see who they interviewed that's what you should do in your free time. File a Freedom of Information Act for the Westfield Police Department. <laughs> There's nothing more than I like than filling out forms <laughs> that confuse the hell out of me. I'm worried every single solitary day because my tax return hadn't come in. <laughs> I'm worried every single day that I'm going to get uh, audited. I'm going to get audited. And I'll be like, Man, it's the first time I've done my taxes in 15 years. I didn't know what I was doing. I tried my hardest. I tried my hardest. You want to, this, this, I got a wild theory. Let's hear it, man. Let's hear it. Just go with me. Okay, let's do this. The watcher's not crazy. He's just being 100% truthful. You think the, the house, house is haunted? Is re, it's real. The house calls to him. It's his job. Every word he said in the letters is true. He's responsible to watch that house. I don't know what reason. Maybe it's haunted. Maybe it's supernatural, but that's his job. I like this theory. Do you think it's like the demon house that, oh, what's his name, bought in Indiana? Do you think it's one of those where it, it kind of possesses him and his thoughts and his nightmares and his dreams yes and then if that's the case i like where you're going with it my theory my question is was it ever discussed whether the woodses had kids i don't know i didn't need i don't i don't remember seeing anything about that what i found interesting though is he talks about in the letters that he played in that house and it almost sounds like something tragic happened and he was not allowed to go back that's what I'm saying. That's the only, that is the only third alternative. True. That's it. Is he's not lying. He's not crazy. He's in charge of that house. He has to watch it. It's his job. It's his passion. It's life. Hmm. That's what I'm going with. I'm I, embracing the weird here. I like it. I never really thought about the watcher aspect of it. I just was looking at theories as to whether or not Derek had done it, but I, I, I still don't think they had anything to do with it. Oh, cause it's real. That is a good theory, man. We've dealt with stranger things and we will deal with even more stranger things. That's what I'm saying. If we can buy into aliens, if we can buy into men in black, if we can buy into 
all the cryptids we've talked about, if we can buy into these things, why not? Yeah, and what's funny is that you mentioned that, that opening sequence on Blind Frog Ranch where he says sometimes the land just feels different. You know, I think that's that may be one of those situations there with that house. That's a good, that's a great example because I, I believe every damn thing's happening on that shit. I think the whole you went to Basin's fucking haunted. <laughs> if you still haven't checked out that show, I don't know what's going on. You got to do it. Now, Bedtime Stories has a three-part thing on the Skinwalker Ranch, and he finally released the third part, and he tells of some stories I hadn't heard of that come off the ranch, and they're pretty creepy too. But yeah, it's yeah, y'all need to watch Blind Frog Ranch. It's it's a good one. All right, so my recommendation is I have not researched. I listened to an interview with David Pilatus, and he has done an urban missing 411, and he's touched on a bunch of the smiley face killer stuff, and he's interviewed Gannon for his book, and he touches on two cases that we've done. I don't know who Gannon is. Gannon is the retired a detective in Boston that start him and the other two started the smiley face killer theory. Where can I find this? Well, it's one of Pilatus's new for, missing 411 books. I don't know oh, what the title yeah. is. Probably urban. Well, I would think that would be it. I, you tell me your recommendation and I'll look it up. Well, if you want to know one of the cases that we covered, that's an urban 411, check out episode 99, Jelani Brinson. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking strange, but you're listening to this podcast you already know we've covered pretty freaking strange stuff so my recommendation is if you do have tiktok if you don't i recommend you get it just for this at maura murray missing yes it is maura murray's sister and she is posting all all that she can about the case trying to She's reaching out for TikTok to help. She's exasperated all her avenues, and her friend recommended, hey, try TikTok. There's a lot of people on there, and they're doing, they're helping solve cases. So she's putting more Murray stuff out there, and I watched all of them today, and man, yeah, it's worth following. She does a very good job of breaking down certain segments of what is known in the case. She even does a whole thing about the jacket she was wearing. She had traveled up there and did a video in the snow, what it looked like the night she would have disappeared. She gives aerial maps of where the houses are located, who would have seen what. She does a tremendous job. Yeah, she like goes up there to that spot on that day, like the anniversary, and gives you a 360... Uh, degree view of what she would have seen so yeah rather than get on the youtube and click around on people or listen to jackasses like us who didn't do a good job go to the closest source you can if you're interested in more her dad's not on tiktok so that's the closest you can get she does interview her dad and there's a couple of heartfelt moments there about some things that, you know, it's all just remorse of some things he may have said in anger and the, in the fact that he didn't have a chance, you know, to, to say goodbye or he's old now. Yeah, he is, man. I hope they find her soon. And she gives her theory. Her theory is foul play. She says she, 
she said, you know, I believe she's alive in Toronto. And she's like, there's not been a single sighting. There's not been a single transaction on her cell phone. I mean, on her debit card. There's not been a single call on her cell phone. There's not been nothing. So, yeah, look that up. That's my recommendation. And I think you can get all of the missing 411, the 11 book set for $280. I think too bad, actually. No, because there's 20, they're $25 a piece. And if I had to guess, it's either the sobering coincidence or the Eastern U.S. And I don't know. But as soon as I figure it out, I'll let our lovely, lovely listeners know. If you buy all of those books and you read all of those books, you will no longer go camping. Ever. Every camping company in the world is like, we got to shut this guy up. Well, he does go on in one interview to explain that there's only been one person that has disappeared with a uh, satellite tracker on them, and then he's... Was, uh, we covered him. That's, um... And then he talks about how he doesn't think it's a serial killer or someone abducting people off the trail because most people that are experienced hikers have a firearm on them somewhere. There'd be a shootout. Person didn't abduct Person. True. I, I, I stand corrected. All right, coach, you got anything else? No, sir. Then deuces.